This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to Phoenix. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. Tonight, something strange happened in the skies over Arizona that still hasn't been fully explained. An event now known as the Phoenix Lights. It was extraordinary. No one knows for sure what happened that night in the skies over Arizona in March, but thousands of people saw something. On March 13, 1997, between 7.30 and 10.30 p.m., thousands of people reported seeing strange bright lights flying over Nevada, Arizona, in parts of Mexico. This would become the scene for one of the modern world's most unexplained mysteries, the Phoenix Lights. But what you may not know is how all this ties in with actor Kurt Russell. We're talking about the Phoenix Lights and the involvement of actor Kurt Russell. Wow, wow, wow. My mind is racing. What could be happening what is going on? Is this some kind of large-scale movie production? Is Goldie involved? What about their kids? You're wrong know. on all accounts. On, oh, shit. Back to the drawing board. The Phoenix Lights is a pretty well-documented subject. I'm saying or we're saying about this isn't brand new news, but the involvement of Kurt Russell is relatively new and something you may or may not know. You probably know Kurt Russell from films like Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. Overboard, mm. Escape from New York and L.A., Hell yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. The Hateful Eight, and my personal favorite, The Christmas Chronicles <laughs> 1 and 2, whatever they are. <laughs> wow, wow. I'm just trying to- Illustrious. Trying, just trying to be across the board with his movies. That's good. That's good. You got to pay that mortgage. But what was Kurt Russell doing around 8 p.m. on March 13th, 1997? And what did it have to do with one of the world's most widely witnessed UFO sightings? Hmm. Around the same time that night, a man in Henderson, Nevada, heard a noise and looked up into the night sky. He described what he heard as the loud sound of something like rushing wind. And what he saw was what he believed to be something the size of a Boeing 747 flying across the sky. I thought you were going to say Kurt Russell's face. Heard Kurt Russell's voice. Wrong again. He was just one of the many calls that came in that night that described seeing around five lights traveling across the sky all the way from Arizona to Nevada 
and then down to the Mexican state of Sonora. At one point, a caller claimed that one of the lights broke off, flying to the edge of a nearby forest, coming back and joining back in its position in the very probably documented, well-documented V-shape. You've seen a lot of photos. Mm -hmm. Others claim that the five were split into two leading balls of light and three trailing behind, with one of the three trailing lights coming up to join the two in front for a brief moment before it went back into its original position. But most callers agreed that whatever it was flying over these states was a solid mass, an unidentified flying object. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't just, we've talked a lot about lights and viewing and like holograms and kind of apparition. This is like a thing that has a light. It wasn't just one person in the middle of the desert or the middle of the forest that said, hey, I saw this. It was a lot of people commenting getting video, getting photos of 1997. Mm. We didn't all have cell phones with cameras on it, but mm. there was enough camera equipment to go around that people had. It wasn't necessarily a huge luxury. Yeah. Fancy dads had camera equipment and VCRs. And fancy moms. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They said they could figure out the general shape and the size of the aircraft by the stars behind it. It was a clear night, so the callers were able to determine that it was a solid, open-ended triangular shape with the point determining which direction it was traveling in. And they were able to do this by following the stars that it blacked out as it went across the sky. These lights were dubbed the Lights Over Phoenix. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't put too much No, I mean, that. that's good. It's clear. clear. I like it. I respect it. You know it. what you're getting. Don't bullshit me. For the sheer number of witnesses and callers that reported seeing them in the area, they were also considered to come in two stages, one being the V-shape of five lights, and the second phase being a few seemingly lone lights that didn't seem to follow any particular shape, like the ones that had come before them, kind of marching to the beat of their own drum. You don't mean if you connect them, they don't make Kurt Russell's face. No. We're not there wrong yet. Wrong again. Slow your roll, Rebecca. Your conspiracy we'll theories have no place here. Fair. But the military would later come out and identify them as flares released by the Air Force in a drill and helium balloons released by a civilian. At the same time. At the same time. How many drills does the military do? Why do they do them at 3 a.m.? Okay, just don't. Come on. When you've released helium balloons as a civilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. Which we do it all the time. Giant helium balloons. It's never at the same time as the Air Force is doing Mm -hmm. drills. No, we usually coordinate. We make sure, hey, when's your drills? Great. I'm going to release these balloons from my garage around 4 a.m. But what does any of this have to do with Kurt Russell? Exactly. What? Tell me. I'm going to tell you and everybody else after this break. Did you know that President John Quincy Adams had a pet alligator that he kept in the East Room of the White House? Well, he didn't. That's a myth. What's not a myth is the story of Thomas Jefferson's four-horn ram that terrorized the White House lawn, an animal he knew was dangerous but did nothing to stop it until it was too late and someone was dead. These are the kind of stories that Howard Dory and Jessica Dory dive into in the award-nominated podcast, Plotting Through the Presidents. They combine compelling narrative dives with irreverent humor and marital banter, creating a show that listeners say is well-researched, insightful, delightful, and hilarious. They cover myths, mysteries, scandals, and rivalries that bring to life the personalities of the early United States. And they go beyond just the presidents, digging into folks like Benjamin Rush and Governor Morris. Two fascinating founders, neither of whom should be trusted with sharp objects. Catch up on their first three bingeable seasons now and plot along with Howard and Jess for the fourth season of Plotting Through the Presidents. 
or go to PlottingThroughThePresidents.com. Do you want to relax with curious moments from history? If so, then try the new podcast, Calm History. Each episode is narrated in a calm voice to help you relax or fall asleep. You'll travel back in time to the global history of Rubber, Henry Ford, Marco Polo, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, and Easter Island. There's also a six-part special that reveals the dark mysteries of the Titanic. Just search for Calm History in your podcast player or use the link to silkpodcast.com in the episode notes. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? Are you well? Not just Kurt Russell. How are you doing? <laughs> Rebecca's oh. really focused on Kurt Russell right now. I really right am, now. and I want to know how he is. Honestly, if you could respond to us just at Ghost Town Pod, that'd be helpful. But also the rest of you. I want to know how everyone is. I'm excited. We're into October. I'm enjoying myself. We have been working on a special Halloween three-part episode Mm -hmm. that you will find out Mm -hmm. when the first episode is released Mm -hmm. this coming Friday. Yeah, that's soon. Usually, it's a mini episode on a Friday, but no, 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 no. No. We're switching things up. For you, for October, you get a full meaty episode for your Friday. You get to roll into the weekend with knowledge you never thought you would have. Or needed or wanted. Yeah, that's true. So if you haven't subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. do it now so you don't miss it. Yeah. It'll be three parts. It's oh. coming up. We're very excited about it. Absolutely. We got video components. We got audio components. Uh, there's so much. There's so much to be experienced. And we, I just want to say too, that this episode happened kind of serendipitously. It was kind of this organic thing that was surprising to both of us. So we're both really excited because what we got to do for this episode was very special and not a lot of people get to do it. So that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. It has nothing to do with Kurt Russell. (laughs) We think. I guess we don't really know. It's not dropped yet. Yeah, maybe it could be. Keep an open mind is all I'm saying. We want to say hello to anyone who's listening, anyone who's been supporting the show. If you're new here, welcome. Have a seat or stand at your standing desk. Yeah. I mean, sitting is new smoking, so stop smoking. I love sitting. (laughs) Me too. It's great. I love menthol sitting. Yeah, menthol sitting, really? Yeah, I'm I'm into like two or three sits of the menthol kind. Um, I like clove sitting. (laughs) Ooh, I love a clove. I mean, you're really speaking my language right now. And we would be... A pile of dust without our government. Absolutely. I mean, a whole lot of nothing with a Siggy hanging out. A whole lot of nothing. We want to say hello to the mayors. Mm -hmm. With a candy cigarette, Cat Joselle. Hello. With a candy cigar, congratulations on the baby, (laughs) I guess. Well, they still sell those? 
Dara Rosenzweig. Hello. Wow. We are really getting through the cigarette and cigar brand. <laughs> With a candy patch to get off of the candy cigarettes, your okay. addiction of that. Good, good, good. Stephen Bates. Nice work. You know who's vaping that candy? <laughs> who? Tell me who. Ashley Matson. Hello. And our governor. Mm. Who's just getting high on life. Oh, man. Is just getting high. Is breathing that good air. Oh, in those clean ass lungs. Yeah. She's like, I'm above all of this. But she looks looks down on it and just yeah. sees the puff of candy smoke. Mm-hmm. And she, she says, says, hi. She How are you doing today? Hi, hi, wow. Very polite. Um, welcome to the smoking section. Yeah. You're welcome here because I'm not ostracizing people for their addictions. Wow. Oh, she's so evolved. God, so evolved. she's so evolved. Fuck. Avian Noble. Noble. So if you want no ads, no chit-chat, bonus episodes, you want to binge, especially mm-hmm. these special episodes coming up, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on in it. Yeah. But if you want it faster. Without ads, shorter, now, faster, right. me, now, shorter, Break faster, live piece. fast, <laughs> die old, and look great the whole time, go to patreon.com slash pod. Now, back to Kurt Russell from the Christmas Chronicles Finally. 1 and 2. Are we just going to read his IMDb? Is that how this all ties together? Around 8 p.m. on March 13th, 1997, Kurt Russell was the pilot of a small aircraft that was carrying him and his son Oliver. He was flying his son into Phoenix when they spotted five lights flying in the sky in the shape of a V. His son Oliver pointed at the lights and asked his father what they were and if they were all right or if they were in any danger. And Kurt Russell told him that everything was fine, but he picked up the radio and called it in just to be sure. This means that Kurt Russell was actually the first or one of the first people to call in the strange UFO sighting that night. Something he didn't realize until he was watching coverage on the Phoenix Lights years later. Hmm. And he was able to piece it together. One time, Oliver, I was flying. I was, it was in a, in a time where I was <laughs> kind of like I, I just a couple years earlier learned to fly. So I was still at a period in my life where any excuse to fly would do. He wanted to go to Phoenix to see a friend. So we're going into Phoenix and uh, we're, I think it was Sky Harbor. And uh, there's these bank of lights six lights in the shape of a triangle going back right over the airport and i'm looking at them as i'm coming in i'm you know on the on the horn talking to them and i'm coming in and i i'm not saying anything about it because i'm kind of confused by it but i can't tell if this is going to be an issue or not with landing and oliver said uh hey pa what are those lights and it was and i said yeah i don't know i don't know what they are and so anyway i called up the tower and i said what are you guys painting tonight over the over the airport and they said we're not showing anything what what are you seeing i said well there's six lights in a row and they said do you want to report this and i said look i i can't identify it it's flying and it's six objects (laughs) so that's what it is right so we landed i dropped him off flew home years later i come i come home and goldie's watching this show on ufos and the most reported one of all time was this one in phoenix and I'm watching, I start to see this show, and I said, wait a minute, that's the night Ollie and I were landing in Phoenix, I remember that. And I, had, I, I said, wait a minute, I've got it in my, in my logbook. So I went to my logbook, and I, I didn't mention anything about the, 
the reporting the UFO, but my, but my, li- my flight was logged. So I said, yeah. And, and on the show, they talked about 20,000 people reporting it and only one um, general aviation pilot. And I said, that's, that's me. When it comes to UFO sightings mm-hmm. in the last 50 years, this is one of the biggest ones. Wow. I mean, it was like a groundbreaking thing. He was a trailblazer, I guess. And his son probably will have a that story. I actually met uh, Oliver Hudson once. He was very chill. I want to know what that family's belief in UFOs is or what the nature. I wonder. I feel like Russell would be like, yeah, man. Fuck it. They're all just fucking getting high. Yeah. Just fucking looking at the stars. And he was just like doing a thing that like a dad would do where it's like, oh, my son is kind of scared. Like we're concerned. And he's like, you know what? I'll just call the police and like let them know whatever. Doing my I'll just narc on these aliens. Yeah. I mean, that's our responsibility is as inferior human beings. I mean, when I send up those balloons, I mean business. (laughs) 